Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Round one. Does your husband fold or crumple their toilet paper? <laughs> <laughs> okay, couple number one, please reveal. Fold. Woo! One point for Henry and Christina. That's one more point than I thought we were going to get. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, Married at First Sight Edition. Wow, y'all, even though we're down one couple with the absence of Olivia and Brett, did it feel to anybody else that we saw less of everyone than normal? I gotta say, I think that Henry and Christina were like the meat of this episode. So we're now done with quarantine, I guess. (laughs) One episode we get of them out on quarantine, we learn that the experiment has now doubled in time and duration. Their decision day is going to be now at the 16-week mark instead of the 8-week mark. Um, And we are now two weeks from decision day. So they've had, what, like six weeks of quarantine and we all had that condensed into one episode and honestly like I'm kind of grateful for that not like we're out of quarantine really still very much in this pandemic and it's only getting worse shout out to that second wave but um yeah I'm glad that we can just move past that in terms of the show so the order the stay-at-home order has been lifted in Louisiana at this point they're now allowed to see each other We get, like, little clips of Woody hanging out at Miles and Karen's house. And I'm sure they're trying to keep the interactions pretty minimal. I know next week they have the friends coming over. I really wonder what was happening in terms of letting them 
come over to the house? Did they have t friends tested before they came over? I really wonder what precautions, if any, they took in terms of filming. But this episode, the couples all decide to go, well, decide to, production decides to send them to, I think it was Covington, Louisiana, to a bunch of little cabins. Usually all the cast members get like one big house, but they stay on a plot of land. Every couple gets their own tiny little cabin. So we, before we get to the trip, the experts come to check in on Olivia and Henry. And by the experts, I, of course, mean Woody and Imani. And I'm hoping that they're like, do they get a bonus at the end of the of the season? Because they should have. They're doing a lot of extra work. And I just feel like the funds that we maybe uh, could have given to Dr. Pepper, Dr. Viviana, we could have passed over to Woody and Imani because they've earned it. They've really earned it. So, Amani comes over to Olivia to help her pack. She seems like she stayed in the apartment for the most part until they went off to their trip. And she was like, well, there's really no point in me staying here. So, so yeah, I'm sure she got kicked out of the apartment, to be honest. Amani comes over with a jug of margaritas, like a true woman. And she says... Like, have you talked to Brett at all? And Olivia's like, well, he'll send a random text the other day. Like, one time he asked me to hang out. A couple days ago, he was, like, texting me to tell me it was okay if I wanted to date. And me and Amani were like, does he need to give you permission? Like, he's not your father. He's the one who broke up with you. You don't, he, you don't need to go ahead from him. Um. So they're packing up, and Amani's like, well, what are you do if you guys break up, what do you, how do you guys handle the gifts that you guys were given? And Olivia's like, oh, funny you should mention that. We're in the kitchen now and you'll notice that these scotch glasses that I gave Brett were left in the apartment. He took the seasonings, he cleaned out the pantry completely. I didn't have salt to put my, to put in my pasta water. And but he managed to leave his scotch glasses. His reasoning being that he has glasses at home. And Monty's like, everyone has glasses at home. He couldn't just take this, the gift that you gave him? Like, how rude is he? Ugh. She calls him a scumbag. I agree. And they leave the apartment. Amani's like, do you want to leave these wedding vows that production had framed for us? She's like, no. <laughs> and as they walk out, um... They zoom in on the wedding vows left on the island. And that was that. She took the took the album, left the vows. And I agree with that. So Woody comes over to visit Henry. They have a conversation over a couple of glasses of red wine. And Henry tells Woody that Christina really hasn't been there that much since the meetings that they had with the experts. And he tells Woody about... Christina accusing him of being gay. He says, honestly, I feel like it was a Hail Mary pass that she tried to make. And the, their talk with the experts afterwards was a disaster. And that she accused him of being gay. And says, that really speaks volumes. And I think what he was trying to say is like, this accusation 
now that it's happened, I'm looking back and seeing that this is like the culmination of all of the little things that I let happen and ignore. And so we get a flashback to 11 weeks ago where she straight up tells Henry, and I'm wondering why we didn't see this earlier. This really would have like, well, would it have painted a different picture of Christina for me? Not really, but it kind of does. And what she tells him that she basically used to be a pathological liar and that she used to do it for the drama. But now she's like, I still do like to drum up and create drama, but I found another way to do it as if that's like healthy. <laughs> I just don't lie now. I've just found more creative ways to spread the wealth in terms of being terribly dramatic and treating people terribly. Oh, good. Woody is like, what is happening? I need more wine right now. What are you going to do? We're going to leave for the retreat in a couple of days. You're just basically telling me that y'all's relationship is a disaster. How are you going to act during the retreat? And Henry very accurately predicted I think she's just going to act like nothing's happening. I think she's just going to completely pretend like nothing's wrong to save face because she's the one who did this. And yeah, basically (laughs) you're right on that one. So because this episode was so like back and forth, it wasn't so nuclear and like we're seeing the couples and then maybe once an episode they might break out and like, the girls and guys might separate. This was really like back and forth, couples, breakouts, couples, breakouts. So I'm trying to make this as cohesive as possible. So the second part that I want to talk about is after everybody gets to the cabins, there's really not much that happens. They get to pick out which cabin they want. Christina's, you know, they go to the first cabin. She wants to check out the other ones to make sure that they're okay, that they picked the right one because she's sensitive to smells. Okay. That was really it. Every cabin was basically the same thing. So there really was nothing better. No cabin better than the other. This is not like a housewives episode where they go on a vacation, right? So everybody goes to dinner. Everybody's like making dinner, collaborating on that. They all sit down. I hope everybody saw that Bennett was eating with a whisk Okay, I hope we all saw that. <laughs> how is it possible that they didn't have how many cup people were there? Eight? That maybe they only had utensils for eight people? Uh maybe. Maybe. I you know what? I, I saw it, I was like, is that Bennett eating with a whisk? And I was like, Of course it is. Why am I you know, just move on. So we're gonna move on. So They start off talking about, Henry brings up the fact that Olivia and Brett are gone and, you know, they're all like, you know, great. Nobody really mentions Brett (laughs) except for Christina. Everybody's just like, you know, Monty says, I saw her out. I helped her pack. She seems to be doing great and is like looking forward to her future. And everybody's like, cool, that's great. Christina is like, you know, maybe I shouldn't bring this up, but like I kind of saw it in the beginning that... Maybe he was kind of an asshole and I, you know, we flash back to her telling Olivia at the honeymoon that she saw some red flags with him and 
She's like, <laughs> then she starts to cry and tear up about, she's like, I just want Olivia to be here. Like, it's just not fair. She should be eating fish with the rest of us. And I just feel like she was robbed. She was robbed of that experience. Everybody's like, uh, are you okay, girl? <laughs> Henry's trying not to laugh. Henry is killing me. I gotta say, most improved award for Married at First Sight during the season, hands down is Henry. Y'all know I was struggling with that man in the beginning. And now that he just like officially does not give a fuck. <laughs> and I think he definitely gets like um spurred on by the presence of everybody. Like I think he can like keep it together and keep his you know, keep his face together when he's when it's just him and Christina alone but now that I think he sees everybody else reacting to her wild behavior (laughs) it's like loving it like okay I'm not wrong and this is very funny so he's just like basically openly laughing at her this point Woody's looking at her and Imani like you might need like take a Xanax calm down you know Bennett then decides to break the ice by saying, you know what? I just want everybody to know, since I know you guys were concerned, me and Amelia have had sex. So thank you. Thank you very much. I know this was something on all of your minds. I just wanted to let you know we've done it. We have. We did it, you guys. We did it. He also says that they had spent some time in Virginia to, like, get their bearings for Amelia's residency. And he's like, you know, we're really in uncharted territory right now in the world. And I feel like being together, all of us together on this trip, kind of gives a semblance of normalcy that we haven't had in quite some time. Miles did a great thing and I thought this was really mature of him and really honest and vulnerable of him to say I just want to let you guys know that I was struggling with coming here because as we know at this point the protests that have been happening around the world George Floyd has been killed murdered and He's just really going through it. He was like, to be honest with you, I was really, really not wanting to come here. But I just want to be totally honest with you guys. Like, it's weighing heavily on me. And I am telling you guys this because I don't want you to feel like if I'm pulled back, if I'm not like 100%, it's not you. It's just everything that's going on and everything that's happening. And... You know, as a black person, I feel like to a certain extent we have to perform. This is Miles talking, but I I agree with him. Like, we have to perform and we have to act like it doesn't bother us, but it is bothering me. And so, just letting y'all know, if you're not, like, don't take anything personally. If you feel like I'm not giving it 100%, this is why. And Christina's like, you know what? you really put that well. And I'm just like, I'm sorry. And I'm sad that like, I would never have to deal with anything like that. 
And Karen says she had no idea that they had spoken about this prior to leaving, but she had no idea that he was going to share this. But it seems like she really liked and respected the fact that he did. But she was shocked. And she's like, you know, I'm glad that he was able to walk in his truth and to be able to tell these people how he was feeling and where he was at. Then it says, you know, with everything that's going on, the fact that we're in a state, well, you know, like in quarantine, in this pandemic, and on top of it, all this shit is happening, like, really feels like we're in a pressure cooker, and I can see how we're stuck, we're forced together, and things might get heightened, and our relationships and any tension in relationships can feel so consuming because there really is no escape from it. And Christina says, you know what? I'm really glad to be. (laughs) This is the part I almost felt bad for Christina because I feel like she's really trying, but it's like, it seems like she doesn't know that everybody knows what's been happening with her and Henry. And so she's doing all these like, how what she feels is like very sincere, you know, like bleeding heart statements. <laughs> but everybody's like, okay, girl. So she says, you know, I'm really glad to be here. And being around everybody's kind of like clearing the air. And Henry's smiling at her like, girl, I know you're lying. <laughs> Why are you always lying? Mm-mm-mm. This is so, so funny to me. Um, so let's move on to one of the couples. We're going to move to Melanie and Woody's story. They, I think, had the least to talk about. You know, I love them. I tend to go from, like, most boring, least, most boring to least boring. Least exciting to most exciting, if you will. And now to say that Imani and Woody were not exciting. They just had the least amount to talk about as we get further into the show, it's like they're walking on sunshine, you know? And I love to see all the great things that happen to them, but it doesn't create a whole lot of content to discuss just how much they're getting along. So. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Every couple has to do these like one-on-one things while they're there. And their thing is to play dominoes. Like, (laughs) they don't even... 
have to do the like exercises that are usually intended to create possible conflict, raise awareness about situations that could come up. And not that they don't talk about stuff because they do, but it's just like they clearly got the easiest thing. So they're playing dominoes and they wager a bet. Amani says that she wants to, if she wins, she wants to get another coupon for her coupon book. As we remember, the coupon book he gave her was like basically 15 different ways that they can have sex with each other and a couple of massages. <laughs> so speaking of massages, Woody says that if he wins, he wants a full body massage. So Woody starts off by saying, you know, like, it's really nice to get out of our apartment and to be, you know, with the other couples and kind of figure out where everybody's at. And learning, figuring out each other, learning more about each other through the other couples. And he says, I'm really, really grateful that we've been able to have deep conversations with each other so far. And Amani says, honestly, like, I'm really lucky because comparing ourselves to other couples, like, if it would, if our relationship is going to be hard... It would have been really difficult to be like, say, Christina or even Karen and be smiling through it all, despite the fact that like there are issues. And she says, you know, I was really, I came into the situation prepared to work a lot harder than, than I have been. And I'm so grateful to be in a space where I can just work on being a great spouse like, I don't have to worry about, do I like this guy? Is there any deal breakers that I have to deal with? Like, we're in this. Neither of us are going to say no, but we're in it. So Woody asked, you know, what would make you say no at decision day? And she's like, honestly, you would basically have to be a completely different person. Like, you'd have to completely switch. <laughs> you'd have to completely switch it up on me and you've created these patterns of trust that I have with you and you would have to basically comp completely break that for me to say no. And Woody says his deal breaker would be like if she went back to being how she was in the beginning, which basically kind of added up to being wishy-washy in a way, like unsure about where she stood with him and, and, if he was going to be good enough for her, who's basically, it's just like outside of that, like I'm not going anywhere. So that's it. He also says, you know, it's really great that we can talk about these things because honestly, like if our communication wasn't that great, I would just dipped already. <laughs> like I would have been out of here. I'm just letting you know, but I'm here. So, um, in bed later, she says, you know, in a weird way, like, I'm kind of happy that Corona happened. Not that Corona happened, but it just the fact that it gave us more time. And I'm also really grateful that it gave Miles and Karen more time, which she said is, to become friends. Which I thought was interesting. Like, they friend-zoned each other, right? Like, they're friends you kiss sometimes, sounds like. And... You know, she says, we had this conversation. I was having this conversation with the girls about how 
we have such big things in common and big life goals that we want to achieve that are similar that I just feel like the little things kind of fall to the wayside because we have the bigger picture is the same. And she's like, you know, like I told them about how that laundry thing pissed me off. <laughs> so we saw them like, what was it? Like the first couple days of them moving in. And she asked if he wanted, if she wanted, if she, she asked him if he wanted his laundry done. And he was like, yeah, sure. He's like, well, did you separate it? And he's like, no, nah, it's just like in the bathroom. So we see these piles of clothes and she's like, you know, I had to go all the way to the other side of the apartment because we don't have clothes in the same closet and I had to go through your mangy little laundry basket. And he was like, don't do my basket like that. She's like, okay. But I did it. He's like, okay, but I don't do that anymore. And I just love their little back and forth of like, you know what, girl? don't do me like that. She's like, I won't. It's like, okay. <laughs> that was basically it. They're just very cute. Really, really, really cute. Um, let's move on to Amelia and Bennett, I guess. So they wake up the first day of the trip and Amelia has managed to fall asleep with a book on her face and slept that way the entire night and we could tell like she genuinely has that face of like what like trying to get her bearings about her like oh my god I just slept with a book on my face this chick like she's so carefree (laughs) I can't imagine like the way she falls asleep just so easy like nothing bad has ever happened in her life like she does not have a worry in the world like I go to sleep And that's my time for my brain to start shining. And it's going and going and going about all of the things that I could have been thinking about during the day or all the things that I did think about during the day, but weren't complete thoughts. And it's just running, 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 running for like an hour before I can go to bed. Melatonin be damned. It's a good 30 to 60 minutes before I'm into restful sleep and so you can just go to bed at the drop of a hat, like a, like a baby. It's amazing. It's truly incredible. Bennett tells Amelia that she was actually singing in her sleep, and she's like, oh, I'm sorry, like, did it keep you up? And he's like, yeah, it did. But I took that time to learn how to do the worm. And she's like, oh, can you show me? And, like, thank God for her for asking that, because what we get is... Bennett in his nightdress doing a move that can be described as like half push up and like you know that point in the Little Mermaid where Ariel like gets out and she like puts her hands on that rock and like her chest is up and she's singing like part of that world part of your world or whatever and the wind the water's rushing up on her back it's kind of like that like half like push up half seal a little bit and he's also making puking noises like (laughs) and then he's like you know what it's not ready it needs more time and that was a real treat that was a real treat to behold and I couldn't help but wonder because I'm a sick person like was he wearing underwear because just like 
flopping on the floor on a hardwood floor like that. Like, I don't have a penis, but it doesn't sound fun. But I like to see it and it made me laugh. So their activity, their couple activities to write love letters, not love letters, but letters to their younger selves. And Amelia goes first and she's talking about like, you know what, at some point in your tween years, you're going to learn about sunning and you need to actually read the instructions because if not, you're going to be left with six inches of your actual hair color and then orange ends. And also you don't sweat the petty stuff, but also don't pet the sweaty stuff, which is something that we've all learned. Something we've all seen in like a hot topic in the t-shirt section, but okay, girl. And then she says, you know, one day a woman's going to call you and ask you if you want to marry a stranger on a reality show. And it's really going to be a great thing for you. And he's like, oh, that's great. So then Bennett goes, And Bennett's letter is all writing to his nine-year-old self about, you know, one day you're going to open up a pack of Pokemon cards and you're going to get the Silver Charizard card and your friend is going to ask you if he can borrow that for a couple days and you're going to let him and do not let him because eventually when you turn 28, you should have just put it in your binder for safekeeping and when you turn 28, that card's going to be worth $20,000, which is more than you make in a full-time job at this point in your life. And you know what? You should make sure that you do not give that card to your friend. And Amelia's like, yeah, okay, like, I get that. I understand that, like, you know, his bank account kind of blows with the wind and he's not financially stable. Not Less than 20 Gs at a full-time job is really concerning, Bennett. <laughs> That's like, I could feel, I feel like you could make 20 G's working full time at like Wendy's, right? Bennett, what's happening? Like not to, not to money shame you, but hon, full time, not even 20 G's baby, baby. Um, so she's like, I disappointed that, and this is like, I think maybe the first time where we see Amelia actually be disappointed in him. Like, I kind of thought that at some point in the letter he would mention me. And she brings that up to him and he's like, well, but you're a good thing. And I just felt like maybe I shouldn't leave that in the letter because that would have been more of a surprise because all good things have happened by us being together. She's like, okay. Okay. And is it like... It's a silly little thing that they had to do with production. So was it really worth mentioning to him later? Like, no. Would Christina do it? Yeah. Would I watch it? Enjoy it? Yeah, because it would have been drama and silly. But I wonder, like, if that put anything into perspective for her. Is there anything to put into perspective about that? I don't know. But it was interesting to actually see her display another emotion other than, like, it's always sunny in Amelia Delphia, you know? So then they go and play horse with each other and they talk about their future. And she's like, do you think that you're going to fall more in love with me or less in love with me when we move to Virginia? And he was like, I don't know, maybe less. (laughs) And she says, you know, I actually think it'll be better for us to spend a few hours apart from each other a day, which is fair. 
And he also says, you know, I'm really nervous about what's our future, but I'm excited to give it a shot. So I think all things considered, like, I like to see the realism of what's happening because mostly their storyline leading up to this has been like, oh, well, we'll wait and see what happens. See where she gets placed and then we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. And now that they've gotten to there, it's they've actually gone and visited Virginia and all of that. And it seems like they have more perspective, but they're also being really chill about it. And I like that. I really do. All right, let's move on to Henry and Christina. Now, this is where we really get to the meat of the issue. So Christina says that they have not spoken since that gay accusation that she texted him about. And then Christina says something that is so incriminating and weird. I had to watch it back again. She says, I don't think he's gay. I didn't think that he was gay when I told him. And I don't think he's gay now, but he just wants to look at me like I'm this lying, shitty person. Even though I brought this up to like kind of get back at him. So like, maybe I should have brought it up in a different way. Like, oh my gosh, isn't that weird? But like, we weren't communicating. So what I'm hearing here and tell me if I'm wrong is I was feeling insecure because I could get the sense that Henry didn't like me. So I decided to disconnect, separate myself from the situation, text him randomly one day as a way of retaliation to say that I got a text from one of my guy friends who said that they were in a relationship with each other and that you're gay. And maybe I should just like, maybe I should have approached that differently, but like we weren't talking So I was just like, oh, fuck it. I'll just call him gay. Like, so now he thinks like I'm a lying, shitty person, but everything that I just said really makes you, Christina, seem like a lying, shitty person. It it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, Christina... I'm trying to, I'm trying to get in her headspace. Like if I quote unquote got a text from one of my gay guy friends who said, I'm in a relationship with the dude that you married, think rather than like just outwardly accusing my husband, I'd be pretty pissed at my friend too, right? (laughs) Like, why would you date my friend, my husband? Like, that didn't seem to be the issue. And you know why that's not the issue? Because it didn't happen. Because it's just a straight-up lie. And and I think it's gross. (sighs) Period. But it's super gross that you have gay friends and that you would accuse them or, like, even suggest that one of your friends would get behind, go behind your back and date your husband and I just don't like this I think it creates a really weird narrative and a bad narrative and a bad stereotype of gay people and that they like are liars and cheaters and 
philanderers and they'll just fuck anybody and date anybody and they don't care. And like, I just think all there the levels to how gross this is, but like, let's just keep it to what we're talking about in this storyline. Like I never got the impression that Henry was gay and it's very clear that she's only calling him gay because she's trying to make sense of why he might not be attracted to her, which is incredibly, incredibly self-centered to think that the only possible reason (laughs) that a man could not be attracted to you is because he's gay. Like girl, take a look in the mirror. And I don't mean that like she's ugly. I mean, like, Really look at how you're behaving and maybe think, does that have anything to do with why he's not into me? Maybe I'm not doing the work. Okay. Not like, let's not just take it all the way to gay town. Okay. Okay. (sighs) Sick of this bitch. Anyway, so (sighs) he has to see the text. From Christina. And isn't it strange? She couldn't find them. She couldn't find them. Now we all know. That if this had actually happened. We all would have taken screenshots. That would have been the first thing I'd done. Let me me make screenshots of this shit. So I, I really have. Like if anything happens. Then I know that I didn't imagine this. And these were text messages that I actually got, right? I, this would have been the first thing that I did. If I had this accusation from my husband, I would have sent the screenshots and be like, you want to talk about this? If I believed it, which, what? Come on, girl. Like, if you admitted to being a pathological liar your whole life and now you're 30, you gotta be a better liar than this girl. <laughs> this is about the weakest shit I have ever, ever seen. And she should be embarrassed in all the ways. All the ways. So they have breakfast with like Amani, and I guess I think all the other couples were there. And Amani's like, she asked Henry at breakfast, you know, talk about like what kind of growth that you've had through this process. And he's like, Oh, Christina, do you have an answer? She's like, no, I asked you. I asked you the question. So he's like, well, can I fill up my plate first? Like, he's being completely evasive. And this is where, like, Henry kind of loses me. And I think he loses everybody else. Is like, he has the leg up here. And he's being kind of strange about it. So then he says, like, you know, we're here and... Getting through the po- uh, the process has been, you know, like, it, you know, you hope to be one of the su- successful couples and there's been good and there's been bad, but I'm committed to seeing this through. And Karen's like, okay, well, Christina, how do you feel? And Christina says, you know, I've learned the kind of relationship that I want to be in long term and it's with somebody who wants to be with me. <laughs> Well, breaking news, I'm 30 years old and I've realized that I want to be in a relationship with somebody who wants to be in a relationship with me. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So then she kind of says like, you know, coming to this retreat, I'm like, 
she's basically trying to like wrap this up in a cute bow of like, now I feel like a renewal. I feel like more hopeful about our relationship. Okay. Okay. What is like, I couldn't just be coasting on hope and potential here. Like, I don't know how y'all do it. I'm going to keep it a hundred. Like if this were me and, and Amani, and we were in a situation of like, this could really be going anywhere at this point. We're unsure of where we are. Like, I just couldn't do it. And Imani's like, well, it could go anywhere at this point. And he was like, no, 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 it can't. We're, we're sticking together. Like, come on, come on, girl. <laughs> so, um, Then he says, you know, Christina keeps saying that she doesn't want to throw in the towel, but the towel's on the floor and the towel's soaked. So let's stop talking around this. And he tells her to like, basically take stock of the situation and move on if it's not working. What are you so over them? <laughs> they have not been on this trip, what, 36 hours at most? I want to say probably even 18. And he's already like, y'all got to break up. Because I can't take this. <laughs> it's not good for me to watch you guys. So Christina and Henry then have to write letters to their younger selves. And Christina's like, oh, I'm really excited to like get more insight into Henry. So Christina starts and she basically gets emotional again and saying, um, sorry, y'all, my mic keeps falling. Hold on one second. Okay, sorry. Um... She basically is saying, like, she warns herself to watch out for things and people she chooses to invest her time in and starts to tear up about people doing things to hurt her. And, you know, you always need to speak up for what's right. And she gets emotional about the hard paths that she's had to take. And, you know, little Christina, just know your resilience and your willingness to try is what gets you. To your 30s. And he's like, what made you say that? <laughs> he said, well, she's like, you know what? In my 20s, I was just so lost. And it just sucks to say that, like, little Christina, you're going to have to go through some shit. And Henry's like, yeah, like, I understand that, like, we all have a past and it's not easy. But that doesn't justify your pattern of dishonesty. Thank you, Henry. Thank you. It might explain it, but it it's never going to justify it. So this letter to himself starts off. Dear younger me, if you thought you would be hoverboarding and teleporting, you'll be sadly mistaken. Because the world is mostly concerned, consumed with the pandemic and maybe you should lower your expectations. Then he suggests to himself to start learning guitar and taking voice lessons because I always kind of felt like if I had just played guitar a little bit better and if I could sing that I could have written like two great albums by now and I could have ruled the world for at least five years and he also tells himself to continue focus on surrounding himself with good people and hey young Henry your judgment is on point so this if I'm reading this as like a 10 year old and it's like hey you thought things were gonna be like really cool and you'd be able to fly around everywhere but there's a global pandemic happening, so lower your expectations. I would be like, um, let's talk more about that and not about your 
desires to become like Hootie and the Blowfish. What is a pandemic? <laughs> First of all, because it doesn't sound great. And what's happening with that? How did you just segue from that into your desire to play acoustic guitar? Can we circle back to that pandemic thing? I'd like to talk about that. Oh, Lord. Um, oh my God, you guys. <laughs> Do you ever just like sit around and you're like, y'all know that, that gif of Brigitte Nielsen where she's on what? Flavor of Love. She's looking at that piece of paper and she's just like laughing at herself. <laughs> Can't believe we made it here. Because that's me every every once in a while. Like if I'm, if I notice like, oh, we've been in this shit for what, seven months now? <laughs> like, wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. I saw a video of Trump dancing the other day and he's like, <sighs> And I was like, wow, he's like, I know he's our president. He's been the president for three years now, four years now. But then you see him in these official positions and you're like, wow, that man's, that man is our president. <laughs> and you just have to laugh because it's like, we're really, this is our lives. This is our lives. Anyway, so, um, Christina is upset. And he basically said that the point of his letter was to not harp on disappointing. He's basically like clapping back, like kind of like clapping back at her, subtweeting her, if you will, to her face and being like, you know, I just really wanted to focus on not dwelling on the past because if you dwell on everything that's happened to you, then you're not going to enjoy the present and then one day you're going to be 60 or 70 looking at like, why didn't I enjoy the time that I had and instead spent that time being miserable about what happened to me in the past. <laughs> I was like, okay, this goes completely over Christina's head and she's just disappointed in Henry for not being more vulnerable. And it's like, sure, I could see why you would think that. And... Maybe if you hadn't spent your letter talking about how you were a victim of your own circumstances, he would have done that. But I think he heard what you wrote and expected that you were going to write some bullshit and was like, you know what? I'm just going to have fun with this writing prompt. Okay. Okay. So, gosh, who should we move on to now? Let's talk about the couples breaking out. Now, it seems like it was like a three-on-three, -three, like with the guys. I don't think Woody was there, and with the girls, Karen wasn't there. So, Christina, Amelia, and Imani are all sitting out on the bed and talking. Christina's like... <laughs> It's clear, it's so funny to me because it's never been more apparent than this season of what is happening, what conversations are happening because production's asking them. So it's clearly like, production was like, Christina, why don't you ask the women about the sacrifices that they've made to maintain a healthy marriage? And so Christina goes, hey, what sacrifices have you guys made to make it to this point to maintain a healthy marriage? Like, 
she can't even try she's not even attempting to like kind of reword it to seem like a more natural conversation <laughs> she's really really bad at this so Amelia was like well I mean the sacrifice that we've made has really been on behalf of Bennett and the fact that he's moving to Virginia for me like that's a huge sacrifice and I'm really grateful for it and so then Christina asked like is there anything like you're not on the same page about like like, is there anything you're not on the same page about? <laughs> and at that point, you could tell the producers were like, ask her if there's anything they're not on the same page about. But like, find another way to say that. They just got to hand her a script at this point. Like, just just do it. So she says, um, you know, me and Woody have the same goals. We both want to excel in our careers. We both want to buy a house we both want to have children and because of those big things that we are on the same path on like it's we're good and I don't really worry about the little things so then Christina says you know there's really no communication between Henry and I and because of that, I think things pile on, which I do think is a fair thing to say. Like, I hear what she's saying. Is that, like, what she's trying to say is that Henry doesn't address things when they come up and concerns that he has when they come up. And so we got to this point of our conversation with the experts, and then he's telling me there's one, two, three, four, seven, twelve things that you have wrong. And that makes me kind of like freak out and want to retreat and not want to invest in this relationship. I get that. I do get that. Like he should have addressed these things way like as they came. He really should have. And I do. I will give her half a point, three quarters of a point for that. So Monty asks, like, are you guys able to be honest with each other? And she says, no, like, but it's because my life is kind of crazy and Henry just goes along with things that I say. And then when he's actually really uncomfortable and then things build up for him and she's like, I just wish that he would have, like I said, brought those things up in the moment. So Monty says, it's like, I don't know how to receive that. I don't get it. She's like, I just feel like neither of them, neither Henry or Christina are being really honest with each other. And Christina's like, I do see moments where things are really great with us, but I don't know. And I, I understood that too, because we have to understand that like, Amani is hearing what's happening with, Amani is hearing Henry's point of view on their relationship via Woody. And so she's like, well, what is happening here? very different from what I was told and it seems like Christina's trying to make it seem like it's all Henry's fault but I'm seeing some weird things happening with her and I, it's not adding up and it really isn't adding up the problem is that like remember that Christina was complaining <clears throat> when the couples went to like a crawfish boil she was saying Oh, like you told Amani all this stuff, but you would never tell me that. And he 
called her sexy and she's like, you would never say that to me. And I just feel like you have different conversations with other people than you would with me. The underlying issue that she's not getting is that like, he feels way more comfortable to be honest with these people than he is with her because she's a liar and is not a safe space. Fair. She, she takes no responsibility for why he might be acting the way he is. And it's fair and unfair. Like he's only responsible for how he acts, but he's, she's not understanding his reactions to her not giving him a soft space to land. And I don't, I struggle with whether or not that's her response. It's not her responsibility. Like he, he acts however he wants to act, but she has to be more understanding of why he's acting the way he is. And I think she doesn't because he isn't understanding why she acts the way she does but I think she does he deserves that and she does not and I think our wires are getting crossed here with Christina on why that's happening and who it should be happening to I'll put it that way I hope that makes sense so we get to the boys and they're talking so it's Bennett Woody not Woody Bennett Miles and Henry so Bennett seals like Henry asks him like how's it going with you guys and then it's like it's weird like I'm in this kind of like weird space because I have my life in New Orleans but nothing's happening because it can't (laughs) and I'm moving to Virginia where I have really no life but nothing's happening there either so it's kind of like not the biggest deal in the world to move to Virginia now But once things start opening up and real life is happening, I think I'm going to understand the gravity of the situation when that happens. So Miles is like, dang, like I really like Bennett and I think it's really cool for him to make a leap like that of moving with her. I don't think I could do it personally at this point. And I just feel like... Miles and Henry might have a little bit more in common. Like they're both dealing with women who are not that open. Like, obviously this is in very different ways. Like Karen is honest, but she just plays everything very close to the vest. Whereas like, uh, Christina is just a liar, (laughs) but there's like a protective reason for that. But it's, that's not Henry's problem. Just like it's kind of not necessarily Miles' problem to deal with whatever it is that makes Karen hole up and and center herself inside of herself. But Miles asks Henry, like, have you gotten any clarity on the situation? Like, where are you at? And Henry's like, you know, I've really seen a lot of dishonesty with Christina. And whenever she's lying, it's like... She bends it truth to make it seem like there's not really an issue. Henry's like, honestly, like it was really hard to pack and go on this trip, but I just don't want drama and I want to enjoy this trip. Like basically like I didn't want to come here, but the other option was to be stuck in the apartment with Christina 
And I'd rather just enjoy hanging out with y'all because I'm not going to get many, <laughs> many other chances to hang out with other people. So I'm just making the most of this trip. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Bennett says, like, I, I have no clue what's happening with them. And I don't think he means, like, I literally don't know what the tea is. Like, it's more like, I don't get it. <laughs> Like, I know what's happening, but something just isn't adding up here. And he says, you know, I feel like Henry's really making a lot of contradictory statements, but I think Henry's trying to just move past whatever has been going on with them. So Ben asked Miles, like, how would you feel about spending the the rest of your life with Karen? He's like, wow, that's a really deep question. He says... I thought this was very telling. He says, Karen is the kind of person that I would want to spend my life in. Like, I'm kind of more of a free spirit. She's very organized. Basically, like, on paper, she has all of the strong suits that I kind of lack. And we, I can understand why we were partnered together and matched with each other. And there are a lot of little things that we're, like, completely on the same page about. But he's like, I just... it's like I don't know he's like we still have a lot of figuring out to do and do I know that Karen is the one I want to spend my life with no (laughs) do I know that she has the qualities of somebody I would want to spend my life with yes is she the one I don't know (laughs) so let's move on to Miles and Karen so Karen says that she has really, like, as they're packing, she says, you know, we have, I have mixed feelings about going to the retreat because of the protests happening and the pandemic, but she was going to go into this situation and take it as the opportunity to unplug. And surprise, surprise, she's still struggling with intimacy and, (laughs) um, they play some game together called ladder golf, which is something that I've never seen, but it's like PVC pipe. There's like three levels, like a ladder. <laughs> and then two like tennis balls on a long string. So you have to like throw it and you could get like, I guess, depending on which ladder you get to, you get more points. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it didn't sound, didn't sound like fun to me, but whatever. Miles sucks at it, and Karen is actually incredible. Um, 
and he gets really frustrated, but like in a good way. And so they're talking about like moving forward on decision day and what would help. And, you know, Karen is like, you know, I think we've been on a good path. And I just think like having more natural conversations that don't feel like we're forcing these like heavy, intimate moments has really been helping. And I've really been enjoying that. And Miles says, yeah, like we have gotten a lot closer in the last month, but like she doesn't really touch me without being touched first. And that's really tough for him. And I think this is what I was trying to say last week is that like Karen, I think thinks that he just thrives on physical touch And I don't think it's that. I think it's more of like, he wants to be wanted. And he wants to not be the one who's always initiating. And yes, he is like a cuddly, tactile guy. But I don't think, I think it's only a big deal because it's not happening. (laughs) Like, like I think if she just like initiated kisses from him or grabbed his hand sometimes, or just like, when she was initiating anything at all, I think this would be a lot easier for him, but it's becoming more of a big issue. And also, we have to understand, like, they're now three or four months into their relationship and have not really done anything even resembling something sexual. And at 30 and 26, meh, (laughs) you know? You're married. You know? You can give give the man a hand job or something. Like I I don't I don't want to force sexuality on anybody, but it's also like you know, three months into a marriage. You know? <laughs> you know? There are questions. So Miles asks like if she's feeling any pressure about decision day, and she says, Well, like, kind of, but honestly, like we I personally have really been enjoying the moment and I, it's kind of taken the pressure off of D-Day. She's like, I don't know what to call it D-Day. He's like, well, it is. And I feel like I kind of feel bad for Karen because I think she's not, I think it's tough because I think he's really trying to be respectful of her, especially since that calendar situation. And I don't really know if there's a good way to say, like, I expected to be physically intimate with you right now by this point, and it's really coloring my decision on how we can move forward. Like, yeah, maybe how I just said it is, like, the best possible way, but it's like, uh. <laughs> you saw how she acted about the calendar, and I could see why he would be like, there's really no way of me to say this because I made a promise to her that I would be respectful. And so I just kind of feel like I can't say anything at all. It's really tough because when it comes to sex, it's like you have to meet people where they're at. Like you have to, in order to respect them. But it's also like, I don't know how you bring up physical intimacy if you've never had it before. Like it's gotta be, it's a lot easier if like you guys are really passionate and then things waned and you want to have that conversation of like I miss that passion but like oof, I don't know dog I don't know how you bring it up if it's never happened <laughs> I don't know like I don't know I don't know so 
Miles and Woody sit down and talk to each other out on the gazebo. And Miles says, like, we, I went from single life to marriage, no intimacy, and now we're locked up. We're sharing a bed with each other. There's still no affection or intimacy. It's been a lot. I have been working out. I've been running. <laughs> Woody's like, you have lost weight. And he's like, yeah, I've lost almost 20 pounds. Just running. Just running and trying to figure things out. And he says, like, it's not easy, but I put myself in a space mentally of, like, if sex comes, it comes. And if not, then we work on everything else, which is the conversation that they have with Viviana, where she said, oh, why don't you guys just take sex off the table and that will take the pressure off and focus on the other things, focus on other intimate things. But those other intimate things aren't happening. And he says, you know, we do laugh and we flirt and we kiss sometimes, but Karen doesn't initiate any of that. And Woody's like, dog, like, I wouldn't need to lead a time timeline. Like, you gotta give me something or at least ne- let me know if I'm taking steps in the right direction. Like, I don't know how you're doing this. And maybe Lonnie would kill me, but... We had to do everything. We had to figure everything out. Because if we were getting along and then we had sex and the sex was trash and there was nothing that could be done about it, like, you know, that's a deal breaker. That would have been a deal breaker for both of us. So we had to explore the entire scope of our relationship before we could have any sort of idea on whether or not we should be saying yes to each other. And yeah, yeah, I think he's completely right. And he says like, on the outside, I think Miles and Karen seem like they're going in the right direction and it looks good from the outside, but something about the core of them isn't working. Completely correct, Woody. Completely correct. I think he sees a lot of... I think there's probably when Miles and Woody have conversations of because Woody and Imani are in such a great place that Miles is trying to make their relationship not seem so far behind (laughs) and make it seem like they do have this great, incredible connection. So at least there's something that's making sense as to why they're remaining together. But there's also the other thing of like, I'm not getting fully what I want out of this relationship and I can't lie about that. So here we are. (sighs) Lord. So we end the episode on Bennett and Amelia making everybody play a game called stranger spouse. And up comes the like stranger things title intro card kind of animation happening. They really broke the budget on that. (laughs) And, so basically everybody has to come up every couple goes up they have to ask a question depending on how many questions you get in a row you get that many points so first question you get one point you get the second question right you get two points you get the third question right you get three points and so on and so forth so then if you don't get the next question right you have to start back at one point so really weren't a lot of like standout questions because most of them were very silly and pr- pretty much all of them were very silly. But the first question was, does your husband fold his toilet paper or crumple it up? <laughs> and I felt like we as a society, we're all on the folding 
right? Like, who crumples there? Who crumples? Like, don't answer it if you do, but, like, I've just never even considered that an option. We all fold, right? We all fold and we all put the toilet paper roll where the roll is dispensing from the top and not the bottom, right? Like, those are the rules. And, you know, we as a society always have to adhere to some rules. Otherwise, it's chaos. Those are the two rules that I abide by. Anyway, the second question that made me laugh was, who would be most likely to do something more illegal? Who'd be more likely to do something illegal? Henry and Christina both answer, Christina. (laughs) Christina gets mad at him. He's like, that's kind of rude. <laughs> How are you going to get mad at him for answering the same, giving the same answer that you would? Girl, you know Henry wouldn't do anything illegal. It would never, ever happen. So, Miles and Karen end up winning, shockingly. Like, landslide. They end up getting double the points that um, Woody and Imani, I think, who got third or second place got. Um, Christina's like talking to Miles and Karen like there's just something really special between you guys and I think it's very beautiful <laughs> she's such a fake bitch <laughs> so we end the episode with Bennett and Amelia in bed with each other with what looked like a tire an entire um tray of uh what do you call those like um brown not brownies um blondies an entire tray of blondies in between them. And Amelia's like, Bennett, can you sing that lullaby that you told me about? And it goes a little something like that. This. The bird in the tree. No. No, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm not doing it. it. Maybe I can end the episode off by finding a clip of them of him singing it. But... Yeah, it it was cute. And Amelia falls asleep like that with a tray of blondies at her feet and all the lights on. And with that, you guys have a great weekend. I'll catch up with you guys next week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for speaking. Love you. Bye. Sure. Sleep good night.